Welcome to Being a Successful Leader with Carl Welty. Carl is a leadership pioneer with over 50 years of challenging leadership and consulting experience. Here's Carl with valuable insights, practical and proven methods for being a successful leader. Welcome to the series, Being a Successful Leader. Carl Welty here, your host. And the intent of the series is to uh, provide valuable insights and practical and proven methods for you uh, to be a successful leader. Uh, the uh, 26 episodes, uh, weekly episodes in this series are revolving around three, what I call imperatives or essential elements of successful leadership. They are number one, self-awareness, number two, sound strategy, and number three, a culture of commitment. Self-awareness, sound strategy, and a culture of commitment. Each episode uh, will last from 15 minutes to uh, to a half hour. And right now we're, we're working in the uh, area of focus of, of self-awareness, one of the three, again, uh, imperatives for successful leadership. Where we're at is that we uh, kicked the uh, series off last uh, week, and we looked at uh, the uh, value of discovering the inner you, the uh, the uh, value of, uh, of self-awareness, of a heightened uh, uh, consciousness level. So today we're going to dive into uh, discovering the inner you after we looked at all the values and hopefully uh, realize those values by going a little bit deeper into discovering the the uh, yourself, the inner you, and then later on your strengths. Today the uh, we're going to go through a structure, and I want you to get involved. Uh, we'll get to that in a second uh, to help discover the inner you. The intent being to uh, become more aware of your subconscious. Tendencies, priorities, and preferences, subconscious tendencies, priorities, and preferences. And, and doing so, it'll allow you to increase your effectiveness in thinking, feeling, behaving as the authentic, adaptive you. In other words, to be able to better be a manager of you incorporated. Uh, to, as we, as we today are going to dive into the, uh, Discovering the inner you, uh, I like to use the iceberg analogy. We all know what an iceberg is, of course, and a big hunk of snow mass or ice mass. And, uh, we know that, uh, the, uh, minority of the mass is above the water and the great, uh, pre- preponderance of the mass is below the water. Some estimates are like 3% or, or above water. Well, whatever. We'll leave that to the scientists, but it's, it stands up very, very well as we look at you and me and everybody else. Um, the conscious you, your cognitive consciousness, is a- above the water, okay? Uh, you don't uh, deliberate a lot about uh, th- thinking, behaving, acting, that sort of thing. You just, it's almost automatic most times during the day. And that's driven by your subconscious you, uh, the habitual mind, the uh, reflective mind. Those, as I call, again, are your subconscious tendencies, priorities, and preferences. And the benefit of, of raising a lot of that to the surface to go from the subconscious to the conscious is that you're just more aware and as needed for important decisions and actions, that sort of thing. You can uh, be more uh, deliberate and uh, realize more what's driving that and whether you want to just go ahead with your natural behavior or maybe make a, a modification or two uh, to be adapted to what is going on. So uh, important stuff, okay? And the iceberg analogy is a good one. Okay, so let's take a look at my little model called Dimensions of Self-Awareness. Uh, it's in two parts. We'll co- cover part one today and part two uh, next week. 
Part one is discovering the inner you. And then part two is discovering your strengths. That's the next episode. Uh, but first, let's let's talk about before we dive into the under the water and the subconscious. Uh, let's talk about what you are not. And this is important. This comes a lot from Wayne Dyer, who I think a lot of. Uh, and he uh, talks about uh, the lies we tell each other, tell ourselves, the ego that tells us uh, uh, the, the wrong things. Uh, he talks about uh, the three things. We are not what you have. We're not, it's not about your houses, cars, boats, hobby collections, adult toys, and so forth. Not about the status symbols, keeping up or moving ahead of the Joneses. The materialistic things you, you own or I own. Uh, that, that's not what we are. Those are, those are surroundings and things that, uh, I'm not saying that they're not important. They are. You know, you want to be comfortable and that sort of thing. And, and to a large extent, they give you, uh, some feedback about, you know, your success and what have you. But that's not who you are. It's a lot deeper than that. So it's not what you have. It's not what you do. Your position, your career, your rank, your status, you know, uh, it's not like, who are you? Well, I'm the VP of whatever. Well, okay. That's, that's good, but it's not really who you are. And the third, the first being what you have is not what you are. What you do is not what you are. Is what people think of you is is not really what you are. Okay. Now again, we're not saying those aren't important, but they just don't define uh, the real you. Uh, and note all these things: uh, uh, what you have, what you do, what people think of you are external, and as such, they can disappear. Woof! In a flash, loss of job. Uh, whims of others, economic downturn, poor health, etc. Not to say again, they're not important, but uh, to your quality of life, but they're not who you are. So you have a choice. You want to be a host or a hostage, a host of the real me or a hostage to the external me. And we're going to help with the the host part and uh, help you uh, get even clearer about uh, who you really are. Okay, uh, back to my little model of dimensions of self-awareness. Uh, and today we're looking at the inner you, and then and next time we're going to look at the, uh, again, the uh, discovering your strengths. But uh, if you could take a piece of paper out there, a piece of binder paper, whatever, scratch paper, eight and a half by 11 would be ideal, and uh, take two pieces of paper. And um, if you if it's not readily available now, uh, maybe you hit pause and come back to this podcast. Or if you're not at a working area, maybe uh, when you get back to work in area, pick it up and uh, carry on. But uh, again, throughout this series, I want you to apply things. Uh, this is all stuff that's, uh, I believe, very practical know-how. And uh, the more you can make use of it, the better. And so take a Take these two pieces of paper, label one, label both the inner you, and then on one piece of paper, uh, label it, uh, the, uh, the, uh, understanding. So the inner you understanding and the other piece of paper, the inner you application. And we'll w- work through both, uh, uh, today. Um, so the, uh, each piece of paper, you want to put on the left-hand side core, C-O-R-E, and the right-hand side mental models. So the, as we, as we look at the inner you, we, we have the core and we have the mental models of the inner you, and we'll go through that. Okay. You got your paper set up, the inner you, 
uh, we'll start off with understanding, then go to application. And we'll go through uh, uh, the understanding part, both the core uh, component of the interview and the mental models component. It's important things. And I, I want you to really uh, think about this. And this can be a, a, a biggie for you. Okay. So the interview uh, core is your nature. So you might write that down right underneath the uh, core, nature. And the uh, uh, interview mental models is nurture. Uh, write that down under the mental models. So the nature back to that is is uh, how you came on the planet, what you were born with. And the key uh, elements of uh, nature under core are physical characteristics, uh, talents and abilities, uh, temperament and traits, physical characteristics, talents, abilities, temperament and traits. Those are the four key elements under nature. In other words, it's your hard wiring. Now, some scientists will argue, well, uh, maybe it's not as hardwired as we think. They call it neuroplasticity. Neuro, we're not going to get into that neuroplasticity, but uh, the key thing for us is that, uh, knowing what your, uh, core elements are, which we'll go through in a second, you then can decide as, uh, in your conscious cognitive level, whether to go ahead with what comes natural to you or maybe make some modifications or adaptations to fit uh, what's going on. So that's a real benefit. Let's move over to the nurture, the mental models. Uh, these are your life experiences, things you picked up along the way as you lived life. And it's not only the experiences, but your sensitivity to them. In other words, to what degree you understood what was going on in your experiences and what impact it had the impact of people and education, those things that had uh, uh, a real uh, uh, sensitivity to you. Okay, so the three main uh, elements of the nurture are your beliefs, your values, and your assumptions. Your beliefs, your values, and assumptions. Let me give you some examples of uh, of uh, beliefs, values, and assumptions. You can think of others, I'm sure, but here's kind of kind of an exhaustive list. It's your upbringing your education, economic situations you've experienced, different social set settings you've been in and are currently in, friends, groups, that sort of thing. Ide this is a biggie. Ideologies, uh, religious, political, cultural, and so forth. Your work, career, admired people that you've run across, your coaches and mentors, people who cared about you, Mental, physical well-being, all experiences that we've all had, and to some degree, they've had a, a minor or, or a major impact on us. And we put those all together, and that's that's your mental models. Okay. Um, in terms of uh, uh, core, back to that, uh, I want to emphasize, and we'll get more into this, is that uh, uh, knowing your natural tendencies, priorities, and preferences – and as you surface those, you can then make these decisions, these options you have on how to best manage you incorporate it. Um, that's, that becomes vital. In terms of your mental models, some conversation there. Uh, uh, mental models can be just as hardwired as your core. Wow. Uh, think of how brutal our humans have been to one another throughout history. Uh, fighting and killing one another over who has the right belief system, what you look like, where you come from, your social status, etc. And uh, we don't need to look too far 
in history about that, and even current day, all the political strife uh, in the United States, the the tribes, uh, we hate the other tribe, you know, no no room for compromise and constructive conversation. They're just bad people because they're on the other side. Uh, not good stuff. Not good stuff. Hopefully, you can work through that in our not too distant future. Um, you get the point. Uh, I don't want to get too uh, morose here. Uh, I want to get back to you <laughs> and uh, working on the uh, the core and the mental models. Okay, let's go to core and talk about discovering your core and get. Now you're going to move over to your. Uh, uh, well, I'll, g- I'll give more uh, examples first, and then we can move over to your the application. But as I'm giving some examples, you can maybe make some notes on your application sheet under core, and then eventually mental models. But where does your core come from? I mean, how do you discover your core? Well, uh, obviously, it's uh, just reflecting on you, the results you've had in life and the impact and that sort of thing. So self-observation, constructive feedback uh, is another one from others, but constructive feedback to yourself. So constructive feedback, self-observation, constructive feedback from others. And another one is behavioral assessments. Uh, talk about that in, uh, a little bit more, but uh, not of all, all of us have taken assessments and, and that sort of thing, but uh, uh, they can be helpful. Okay. Application. Let's, let's uh, go through uh, the core descriptors. And that's what I want you to do is just uh, write down a descriptor, a word or two that comes to light that uh, upon reflection or feedback you've gotten in terms of uh, what, what describes you in a word, two, and so forth? There'd be, uh, maybe you have five, three, five, six, seven uh, core elements, okay? Uh, I'll give you mine. Not that I want you to know me. That's not important. But in giving you my examples of my core and then eventually my mental models, uh, it'll maybe enliven your thinking and so forth, and you'll write down things. And this is a work in progress, okay? It's just, you know, it's just um, something you always want to, be aware of and maybe amend as we go along, especially your mental models. Those maybe are always up for change. Core is pretty much wired though. Okay. For me, I've got seven of them. Uh, just bear with me as I go through this. And uh, this is just my examples. Visionary is one. Analytical is another. I'm a big model builder. love to put pieces together, uh, fit things. I'm a perfectionist. The fourth one is steadiness, uh, making progress with a team, collaborating, uh, nice, steady progress towards a goal. Uh, another one is conscientiousness, being pragmatic, make sure it works, caring about people and work, intuitive, just sensing right away kind of thing, and action orientation. Uh, so those are mine. Visionary, analytical, perfectionist, steadiness, conscientiousness, intuitive, and action orientation. Now, that's not for you to copy and so forth, but just maybe it's some sparks, some ideas, and get the idea of a descriptor, a word or two uh, that really uh, you think as you go down your subconscious really uh, typifies uh, the things that are your key uh, drivers down there, okay? And then again, the benefit of surfacing them, you can be more aware as you uh, think, feel, and behave and maybe make more cognitive decisions, knowing what your natural behavior is and whether to go ahead with it or amend that. That's not a lot of time to work on it now, but uh, you'll continue. And I hope this is really hitting hitting home with you. 
a little discussion first before moving on. There's no goodness or badness with these uh, descriptors, your key elements. Um, and they can be, a, like most things, an asset or liability. And let's go back to my examples without boring you here. But one of mine was very analytical. Okay. I think, well, that's kind of neat, especially being a consultant, a coach, that sort of thing. It kind of fits and maybe has driven me to my career path. Okay. As many of these things uh, do in your core. Uh, but the the thing is that as I work with a client or what have you, and I build a, a model or, or really develop a nice picture of what's going on, uh, and I think that's really neat, I could be boring the socks off of them. So I've got to be aware of my natural tendency here of uh, building a complete model, and it's really goes along with perfectionist too, really, really uh, stands up well, that they just want to know, well, what shall I do? What's the bottom line here? So again, my point is that there's no goodness or badness. And like anything, it could be an asset or a liability. So you've got to temper that uh, as you use your, your natural thinking, feeling, and behavior. It's also uh, important, I think, to be aware of what is not part of your core. We've concentrated on the core elements. I want you to define them for yourself. And I just gave you mine as an example. Uh, three that stand out for me that I am not, it's not part of my natural subconscious uh, wiring is affiliation, control, and detail orientation. Just a little bit about that. Again, you see me just as an example. So you get the, the gist of what we're driving at here. Affiliation. I don't have a high need to uh, be around people. I'm not antisocial. And if I'm interested in something, I tend to really go on with it. But if I'm not, you know, you don't want me to invite you to one of your your parties that we just chit-chat and I'll probably say no. <laughs> but that's just me, okay? Just It's important to know that. Out on the golf course, they, you know, I, they say, okay, uh, I know you're, you're just single today, but if you wait for a half hour, Joe and Peter come along. You want to wait? I'll say, no, thank you. Okay. I hike alone, that sort of thing. You get, you get that. So that's affiliation. Just important to know what I am now. I, I remember the, uh, leaving a large organization that I set up a department that was a really thriving department, but the organizations chucked the box and it's time for, uh, uh, shedding people and redoing things and so forth and so on. So this, this great department, fairly large department I organized, set up and we did very, very well for years was going to be downsized, okay? And I was going to be leaving too in this appropriate time. But I threw the best, or we threw the best uh, dismantling giggle you ever seen. It was just, it was just fantastic. I had some money uh, that was there to do that. And, uh, but that wasn't me. That wasn't, I, I, I needed people to do that. And I had some people that were naturally very high affiliation people. They loved relationships and so forth. And they did a bang up job. Okay. Control. I don't have a high need for control. And so as a leader, um, well, there's sometimes where maybe my steady collaborative approach is not the thing to do. It's time to take action like right now. And there's not the time or, it's too vital to, we just got to, and so I've got to get into my adaptive behavior of being very directive, but I know what I'm doing there and it's appropriate for me to do as I weigh the situation. And the last and final detail orientation, I don't have a high detail orientation. I'd rather look at the big picture, the strategic part of me, build a model, get going, that sort of thing. But 
there are times you really got to knuckle down and really look at the specifics. I remember one time in, in, in uh, comes to mind where I was a, a professional in a particular occupation. And uh, like any job, there's some details and it couldn't be delegated. I, I got to learn these details. So I actually took a course, got certified in a particular line of, of detail work. And uh, then I, it was never natural to me. It wasn't the fun part of the job, but I got pretty good at it. Okay, those are some good examples of key elements of core, my core, and also uh, that elements that are not part of my core. Let's talk briefly before we move on to mental models, the second part of the interview, about behavioral uh, assessments. I'm not necessarily recommending them. If you've had them, you can incorporate them if you think they're valid, reliable into what we're doing now. If not, you may want to seek it out and just for fun or whatever, get get uh, that piece of information and input uh, that can help you uh, define your inner core. But if you do, there's some caveats. Uh, number one, you you want an instrument that's valid and reliable. The two uh, most popular ones that uh, you probably heard of them is uh, the Myers-Briggs uh, Psychological Personality Indicator and the uh, DISC instrument, D-I-S-C, acronym for the four behavioral styles, dominant, influential, steadiness, and conscientiousness. Um but another caveat, besides being valid and reliable, another caveat for you if you're going to look into behavioral style assessments, um, you are more, this is, this is to be underlined, you are more complex than any assessment feedback or model you care to play with. Okay. And, uh, I've, I've, I'll tell you one instance. I was working with a group and they had taken one of these instruments, you know, and, uh, um, several of the managers had on their wall. This is a true story. Had on their wall uh, the assessments, the profiles. A lot of these profiles take a kind of a two by two matrix, you know. And uh, anyway, they had uh, they had people, you know, in blocks assigned to these different matrices and so forth, and the the, the squares. And uh, you know, here's Joe's this and Mary's that and so forth. Come on, people are getting much more complex. It's insulting to uh, say, okay, I know what you're going to do because you're an X or you're a Y or you're a D or an I or whatever. So don't don't fall into that trap. Okay, assessments can be useful. Use them for what they're intended. You're much more complex than any two by two matrix or whatever design the assessment model takes. Okay. Let's move on now to uh, uh, talk a little bit more about the uh, uh, disc instrument. I, I again, I'm not recommending, you know, but I, I'm I'm very familiar with it. I've used it in my consulting. I, it's it's been very valuable. It's the one I would recommend uh, if you're going to. Uh, some of you may have taken it already, and if you're going to get to dive into this a little bit for behavioral assessment, I recommend it. Um, I'll give you in a, a, a second a, a path, but it, it, it it's divided into two uh, two spectrums, if you were two scales. There's a a guarded to open scale, and then there's another one, an indirect to direct scale. And you take the assessments, and then they plot you out there, and then they come up with your main. Um, Style. Now, some of you could be, uh, and you'll get this in a plot and so forth. It could be combination of these. Others, you're very distinct. Let me just go through them briefly. DISC. D is the upper right-hand corner, which is uh, very guarded, but very direct. And uh, that's the dominant, the dominant uh, 
kind of behavior still. And then we go down to the I, which is the influential, which is uh, very open, but also very direct. This is the heavy relationships person, so forth. They tend to jump out at you. Maybe you're one of them. Then we move over to the uh, bottom left quadrant. That's the S, the steadiness. And that's the, uh, uh, as I described me, that's one of my my traits, uh, the uh, nice progress, collaborative. And then we move up to the top uh, left-hand quadrant, and that's the uh, guarded, uh, indirect, and very conscientious, proven, uh, what are the facts here? So, and, and you have a blend of all of those, and but some of us are much more uh, pronounced in, in one or the other. And what's nice about uh, the uh, the uh, disc instrument is, uh, and especially this group I'm recommending, if you care to look into it, is they're called assessments 24 by 7. Assessments, and then number 24, and X for by 7. Assessments 20, you can look above, you can Google them. And they, there's a book there, if you care to uh, take a look at that, What Makes Humans Tick. It's about the some of the leaders of this assessments 24-7. Again, I've worked with them, part of the team, so to speak, and uh, uh, good folks. Um, so anyway, uh, one other thing about uh, the uh, assessment here, there's no one best behavior style for a leader. It's situational. Uh, I keep thinking that anybody, most people, not everybody, could be a a leader, maybe not a great leader, given the right situation. And some may call for one behavior style over the other. People tend to think, well, gee, the really good leader is a heavy D. Well, no, not necessarily. That may get in the way. In some cases, it may be the thing to do. So don't fall into the trap, okay? Because you can also be very adaptive. I like to think I'm a good leader, but I'm not a heavy D, but I can I can do the, the heavy directional stuff when needed. Maybe enough on that. Hopefully that's helpful uh, to you. Let's now move to the uh, discovering your mental models. And I'll do the same thing I did with the uh, core. Uh, we already ex- explained uh, w- what the uh, ingredients there are, the assumptions, the beliefs, and uh, the uh, uh, core uh, elements. The uh, the uh, examples uh, that I'm going to give will be descriptors of mental models. I'm going to use myself again. Use your worksheet to begin draft potential descriptors of your key elements of your mental models. Okay, here's mine. And I have uh, uh, seven again. Just happens to be seven. That's kind of long, but okay. Uh, family first is a big one for me. These are things I picked up along the way. Now, some of them may be influenced by my core. I don't know. And maybe that's not all that important. But uh, these are things that uh, uh, are part of my values, beliefs, uh, my my preferences, uh, uh, my tendencies, my uh, uh, practices. Another one is true to myself. Uh, I need to be true to myself. I'll go back to that in a second. Uh, honesty, integrity. We talked about that in the first uh, uh, episode about the importance of that to a leader. Uh, the number one uh, uh, admired characteristic of uh, leaders based on exhaustive research, honesty. Optimize my potential. This probably comes out of my perfectionist core element. Uh, Balance life. Respect everyone. And better to be a giver uh, than a taker. Serving. Uh, I have a strong need to serve, to help. I kind of jump in there, especially if I know something about it. 
and I get kind of kind of chatty. Normally, I'm not, but if I'm interested, I, I will. Now, let me give you an example of uh, how some of these come to life. Again, without boring you about me, but hopefully it'll it'll spark some interest in you about uh, thinking about how these things are meaningful to you. True to myself, uh, in corporate life, I, I self-labeled myself as a quiet iconoclast because my my makeup is kind of an introvertive, although I can be very extroverted if I'm interested. And I'm not a rabble rouser, but I do speak up. And maybe part of this is formed by my conscientious and caring in my in my core element but um and and, and the caring part and i i i could remember myself in a staff role and i and i could not stand some of the powers to be vice presidents big time managers and so forth who would step all over people or do the wrong thing for their self gain and you know maybe sometimes it's best to shut up but what is my role here and should I speak up or not, and so forth. So anyway, uh, there, there may be five major events. Like I remember in one organization I worked with or in, and uh, I spoke up, and I did it, and we'll get to this uh, at the end of this uh, area of uh, focus about being a, a skilled, perceptive, self-aware you. And so you skillful talk and skillful communications, not just a rabble-rouser. So I did it in a skillful way, but I didn't have the uh, line authority, but I would point out that she was, this is not the right thing for you, the organization, or the people that uh, maybe you are affecting here. And um, if I find it, found it very, very critical, I would, and the person did not want, the, the line person, the vice president, whatever, did not want to change, I could just go away, fine. Or I would use the organizational appeal level, I called it, and I would go and I'd say, okay, uh, Barbara, uh, why don't we go see Sam, uh, the, your, your, the vice president or the president, whatever. And, um, let's just lay it out and maybe he can help us make a decision. So I did that maybe five times. I won't tell you the outcomes, but it was good for the organization, good for the line manager too, but all five times that I thought the right thing was decision was made. Now, I'm not, I'm not a, I wasn't a hero with these people right away. Sometimes I was. But the thing is that not only was, I think, the right thing done, but in terms of my reputation, probably in the short run, it was not in career enhancing. But to me, that was secondary. But the thing is that, uh, that the respect and uh, many of them later on came back to me or indirectly came back to me and say, that guy's a, a hard hombre, but you know, he was right. So anyway, my point here, not about going on about me, but uh, this was part of my mental model. And today I don't look back and say, could have, should have, would have. Gee was I should have stood up. That was the right thing to do, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I got a, would have got another promotion or something like that. Or maybe I wouldn't have. I don't know. But uh, I feel uh, better about that. That's my part of my mental model uh, uh, coming to the fold, okay? All right, so... What I want you to do is to continue to work on your application uh, part of your uh, uh, work paper there and to uh, continue to self-reflect, self-observe inputs you've had about your core, key things you picked up along the way, um, and uh, make these descriptors. Uh, 
And one thing about the, your mental models that I'll probably say again, or maybe more than one time is that even though your core may be pretty hardwired, you can use the adaptive part, which is so important rather than just being the natural you, being the more adaptive uh, you to, to meet the situation. Your mental models, your assumptions, your beliefs, uh, your values, uh, particularly your assumptions, uh, need to be uh, in question, need to be uh, thought of all the time. So as new realities come into play, uh, you need to maybe revise your assumptions. Many people don't. Gee, I graduated already. There's nothing new, right? Yes, there is a lot new. There's a lot going on. And uh, to be a, an effective you, you need to think about your assumptions and, and bring them up to date uh, based on new uh, experiences in your in your life. Okay? So you want to do that. So that's uh, what I had to say on, on our episode here on describing, or discovering the inner you. Hopefully, uh, uh, put some effort in the thing. It's very, very valuable. You'll benefit from here on with it, and it's uh, always a work in progress. Okay, hopefully you got a lot out of it and continue to get a lot out of it. Next time, we're going to take a look at part two of my little model about dimensions of self-awareness, and that's uh, discovering your strengths, having looked at your your inner core, we're going to turn to your strengths. And a lot of your strengths you will see are really manifestations of your inner core. And then the, the episode after that, two from now, we're going to take a look at cap, not, not that you discovered them in the next episode, capitalizing on your strengths. You do better uh, with doing things you're good at and things you like. That's your strengths. And so why not maximize, optimize using those strengths. We'll also talk about weaknesses and how to manage those, but the main focus will be strengths. All right, that's it for now. I hope this was very, very beneficial for you. I think it's very heavy, but great stuff. And uh, and it's it's, uh, in in, in it for you. And hopefully uh, you'll find it very, very beneficial now and as time goes by. All right, I'll sign off now. We'll see you in in a week. Take care.